second while I try to uh, get this set up here? Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? No. Okay. So, how are you doing? Uh, how are you? Pretty good. Good. Um, so, you are Dr. Becca, and um, you go by your first name? I, I do. Are you, are you a doctor at, at Kaiser? I am. I'm a family medicine resident at Kaiser Permanente. And you're doing the, what is called, the Bicyclistas Medical Training Workshop. Yeah, so I've been a bicyclist for longer than I've been a doctor, and I was excited to merge the two and have uh, host a medical-related workshop for all the bike activists in L.A. Um, so that basically our biking community can become our own health care providers, ideally, um, and take care of ourselves during events like Ciclovia and all our various rides that we do. So I see that you are teaching about accidents. It says accidents, lacerations, wounds, falls, strokes. Wait, can you say that again? I'm just reading the list of things that you are going to teach about. And um, it's got strokes, dehydration, lacerations, wounds, heart attacks, broken bones, and sick kids, and more. Yes. So, okay. so the idea is we provide basic first aid response and then also information on how to recognize when you're in a situation that's maybe above your level of training and then where you can go to get help and how to best communicate with healthcare providers you might encounter. So, for example, somebody is riding and they're hit, you know, in the head or they fall off their bike, you know, when is that a dangerous situation that needs immediate attention versus when is it just a bump and a bruise and you can take care of it yourself at home later on so that we can, you know, do better self-care and then also more efficient and resourceful interfacing with healthcare providers. So what made you think of the need for this? Just the just the fact that you have this knowledge and and um, yeah, know. um, you know, I, I think I'm always thinking about medicine and biking pretty much all the time, and uh, Ciclovia is a great example of a community experiment that's both improving our health of our community by shutting down roads to streets and getting people out moving around, but then also in promoting bike 
culture and bike community. And uh, it's a great time that people will be meeting and, and hanging out in parks that we can have them learn uh, first aid skills and then offer just services for anybody who needs services along the Ciclovia route. And it's one thing to do it as a physician and get my doctor friends to help out, but it's a totally better thing to get the bike bikers ourselves to provide those services to our own community. And, you know, I can teach 20 people how to do it so that the next time around Ciclovia has their own kind of bike first aid responders. So this is really kind of for Ciclovia? Is this for Ciclovia? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, it's both for Ciclovia, but then I think that's just the, the impetus, the the deadline, say, for creating this new project. So if we can have a bunch of bike folk trained up by Ciclovia, that means that the next time we do another event, we'll have a bunch more bike activists, and hopefully those folks who then turn around and work a couple hours during Ciclovia to, to run a first aid station will be able to train more people in the future so that the next Ciclovia can have more first aid responders and there's just more of a penetration into our our rides of how to take care of each other. Cool. Well, this is the first one, right? Yep. The first training for uh, bikers and street activists will be uh, Saturday, March 26th at the Kaiser Permanente Hospital on Sunset near Vermont. Um, and it's going to be in the Family Medicine Department, which is at 4950 Sunset Boulevard. And it'll be this afternoon, so from 11 to 1.30, we'll have coffee and snacks and be free. There'll be some child care available. And encourage everybody to come out. It'll be a good time. Great. And if somebody wants to maybe have a workshop like this uh, at another location, if they have an organization or maybe mm-hmm. schools or anything, I don't know, if, is there some way they can... Are you guys an organization that they can get in touch with? Or? Um, we're kind of an informal network of people, but definitely we'd be excited to host more events and workshops like this in the future. Um, our plan is that we'll take this one for Ciclavian bikers and people who want training and then hopefully pull from that more trainers so that any other organization can both have some of our physicians and then some of the community members kind of come collectively train forward. Um, so the best way to get in touch with us, I think, will be over email, and the best email right now is revolution is medicine. So it's the word revolution with dot is dot medicine at gmail.com. Um, and I guess I can give you like some more contact information that you could put up on a website. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then a uh, cell phone number is 323-632-8916. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Rebecca. It, is there any... Um uh, are, are there any uh, t- tips that you have that are just really simple that you can leave us with? I think thinking ahead a little bit. So if you're going on a long ride, make sure that in addition to your patch kit, you're carrying enough water. You don't get dehydrated. And um, I'm a fan of helmets, and I think that I've seen a lot of bikers come through the emergency department um, just kind of banged up, and some of them have been very lucky and been wearing helmets and not injured for life, and some of them have been less fortunate and you know, have some brain injury because of head trauma. And it's always sad to see as a biker and as a doctor all those kind of accidents that are somewhat preventable. And uh, and so I just encourage everybody to ride ride safe, you know. Ride fun, ride fast, but 
plan a little bit ahead and take care of, take care of ourselves and take care of each other. All right, thanks a lot, Rebecca. Can you hold on the line? Of course. So we're still here. This is Nick and Bike Talk. So um, we just talked to Dr. Rebecca, who's a um, resident at Kaiser, and she's also a uh, ciclovista. She's doing the uh, ciclovia, and she's doing a revolution, revolutionary bike medicine workshop. So that'll be on the 26th at Kaiser. Um, and the information for that... Uh, you can find information for that, and um, it is at revolution.is.medicine at gmail.com. So we have some one other person that we can talk to about Ciclovia this morning. His name is Mark. He's also involved with... He's also involved with the uh, the medicine thing. Let's see if we can get him. Uh, 
So hey, we're still doing Bike Talk. This is Nick from Bike Talk, and we are waiting for a couple different things. We got Eric Ochoa, the race reporter, coming in later. We um, might get Roadblock. He said he'd be interested in coming in. He's doing the Marathon Crash Race, which is the race that goes on early tomorrow morning, just before the marathon, and I think it might be unauthorized. But um, they used to do the, the race. Honda used to sponsor this race uh, for bicyclists, um, or I don't even know if it was a race, but it was a uh, pre-marathon um, route uh, that they did for for cyclists. And um, since they don't do that anymore, the Wolf Pack has made it their own, and they're going to crash it. So it's the marathon crash race, and Roadblock might come in. He might call in. So we got a couple things for today, and while we're waiting for the next call, we're going to play another song.
Mostly, I'm, I'm like pressed for, you know, uh, trying to make the, a lot of this, is, it's just the audio we play because we feel that people need to, you know, they don't see it, they'll at least get to hear it on, on the radio, right, right, right. see what they're missing. Right. And then we post questions like, Hey, do you think the punk rock spirit is alive today with all these things? It seems like the same things they're fighting for, war and stuff. And then you say... Uh, yeah, it's very much alive. Absolutely. I think some of the issues that were pressing in those times are definitely still being are relevant now. Yeah, I think it's actually, uh, uh, let's not just say about the music, but it's about, it's about more. It's about yeah, a lifestyle. Yeah, of course. Definitely. A lot of kids sometimes actually get caught up too much in the fad of punk rock and that's so much. Yeah, it's like, of it and the mean, you know, the can you think of anything now that's a fad that kids are getting caught up in? Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> which is great. Don't say that. No, which is great. Bikes <laughs> can't be <laughs> punk rock. It's one of the best things. All right, all right. I think it has too, and I think for the better because there's there's so many things you could wrap bikes around. But there there's old school bikes, and then there's new school right, guard. Right. I mean, now, you know, nowadays, like most teenagers, they are always like, oh, I want a car, I want a car, I want a car, you know. And it's like now, it's like, oh, I want a bike, you know. Well, it's but it's actually good because I think we turned it around. It used to be when you were 16, you had to get your license, right, that was you like had to sort of validate old, yourself. Exactly. There's that whole, let's just say. Sex involved with bikes, I mean cars instead of that. And now it's kind of transcended that. Yeah, now they found the freedom like behind uh, yeah. the handlebars and riding in groups and all that. So that's pretty cool. Boy, are you one of those people that need handlebars to have sex? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, chicken leather's not I going guess, there. I guess, I guess with my bike, yeah. I need something to hold on to. Did you marry your bike last week? Did I marry it? No. Yeah, well, they had the marry your bike thing last oh, week. Oh, I would have totally done that. Oh, well, there you go. As long as I don't have to sign any legal documents saying I was married, <laughs> and I would be alright with that. I think it was an oral contract. Oh, cool. My kind of contract. Yeah. <laughs> alright, hey, thanks. And I, it's all fun and games. Alright. Fun and games. I'll see you later. See you later. It is Kill Radio. And it's. Uh, and it's called Bike Talk, and that, of course, sounds in the background as we Mikey Wally! make the turn, and Mikey Wally's there. We're not going to go into that conversation right now, but uh, we just want to let you know that uh, there was a punk rock ride last night, and um, we're, we're going to hear a little bit of the audio. That was Denise, who we met on a ride. 
I gotta say, I like the way you brought up sex. Uh, well, no, it wasn't a, a conscious effort to bring up sex, but she mentioned it first. No, it, it was. It, well, that, we do that, have the tape. We do have the. We audio. we do have it on audio, but that I think there's some rule against incriminating yourself. Isn't that the Fifth Amendment? Well, you don't have to. It's <laughs> a choice. I don't have to go there. Hey, uh, punk rock ride last night. Let's let's hear more of it. Um, from the start, it is Kill Radio here on the Punk Rock Ride. Yeah, it only means something if you were there getting your ass kicked. Well, that was uh, a reference to uh, somebody started bringing up some points about uh, it started out at Al's Bar, where it was the old Al's Bar at Third Interaction. It's kind of strange that I remember when Punk Rock was there. God, I sound so old now. <laughs> punk Rock is now old, but it's like... A lot of kids are into it. A lot of kids are into it. I love seeing these kids all spiked out and stuff just walking down the street. That would never happen back then. I mean, it would, but it would be for like a film shoot or something. But what was really great about this uh, thing is that same spirit. Um, I, I saw Fuzzby there putting up some uh, original artwork on, on the wall there that uh, contained some uh, uh, protests against the war. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that later on talking about protests on your bike. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to be at the protest. I am. I'm going to get over there, but it's such a nice day, and I had this material. I, I figured I'd stay up a little bit. Let's get back to the ride and see what people were doing on last night's punk rock ride. <laughs> yeah, he's anonymous. Get his email. How you doing, man? Oh, he's on the tall bike again. You didn't fix your bike. I love it. <laughs> I like how you know why. Yeah, no, but it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> You're like, he's not, he's not showing off, he just didn't fix yeah, his bike. Yeah, he didn't fix his bike. <laughs> he grabbed one of his roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happened to be the only one that fit him. Yeah, yeah, because nobody rides that bike. <laughs> the, guy, the guy has long legs, so it happened to be the only bike in the house that fit him. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, great. Uh-oh. Let the police car go, you knuckleheads! Hi. Hi. Show the car behind you. Thank you. You probably don't remember me, and we've only met once, but we a long time ago, maybe like a year and a half ago, we did a, a garden ride. Yes, I remember and it you were totally. On it, and I think you probably know somewhere around. Hi, I'm Chicken Leather. You're Hi, Denise. Hi, Denise. It's great to see you again. Chicken Leather. Yeah, I think I met you at this other event too, and you gave me a like a coupon for the bike something. I didn't bite you or anything. The bike oven, there the we go. The bike yeah. oven, yeah, I've heard of that place. It was some event over on Cahuenga, you know, where like uh -huh. the Urban Outfitters or something, yeah. Oh, oh I, I gave you yogurt. It. I don't know if you gave me yogurt. Well, I was giving out yogurt we passes. Did this, we did do that garden ride together. And you you might have, you weren't on a tandem. Somebody was on a tandem. My, my lawyer advises me not to tell. Oh, there was my lawyer. <laughs> I was going to say, my lawyer advises me not to text anybody anymore. It's, it's a precaution that I'm, I'm doing. I'm trying to get used to riding with my lawyer as I ride. And people joke, and it's like true. It keeps us out of trouble and stuff. I think this is a technique that some of the uh, the other news media is using nowadays because of all the lawsuits. Who's your lawyer? Well, it's uh, the, the person in the background there. You were just kidding? I'm not kidding. My lawyer was on the ride last night. You have a lawyer? I have a lawyer, yes. You might want to check into it uh, there, Mr. Mammal. 
who? Uh, okay, but well, we'll discuss that later. But it's not about legal entities today. It's a, it's actually about the the enjoyment of the punk rock ride, and especially for that, I think I called out and said, hey, you know, uh, punk rock. The day after uh, St. Patrick's Day, bicycles. It just sounds like a, a good time to be all aware of the legal ramifications out there when you ride a bike. I see. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm joking, but there are some real ones. Uh, I know that there's some that just have to do with safety, some that have to do with uh, considering your, your fellow human being out there and uh, making making way for uh, that, that same um, kind of uh, aspect of, of personal space versus public space, um, uh, riding with a group. And you're going, do you really need a lawyer for this? No. <laughs> Is it in case somebody gets in your personal space? No, no, just the opposite. Uh, I, I kind of wonder if it's, it had to do with some of the social networking and stuff, but we discussed it too. So what's going on here? Well, this is actually uh, earlier in the ride, and the reason I, I cite the, the punk rock ride on the ride with no name um, is because, um, well, uh, it, it comes out once a year, and um, uh, Brad, or is it, is it, should we use this pseudonym online? We'll just say it's somebody with a B out there. All right. Um, and um, Barley Eye, he, uh, he does these rides, or he, he constructs them, they're really fantastic. I think the only consideration is that uh, you ride behind the music van or, or stay close enough to uh, consider the music and, and uh, don't inflict pain on anybody else. Which ride? Or at least deliberately inflict what, pain. What ride is this? This is uh, the punk, punk rock ride. Oh, the one last I make I'm making light of it. I'm making more than it is. Some of the music. So how, how many people were there? How many people? Uh, a couple hundred people, and uh, you hear me yelling out Kambawa, we must be passing through, that's right, uh, Little Tokyo. All the flashing lights. Hey, what's better, flashing lights or solid lights? I was thinking... It, it's funny, but um, I think they did a test once, um, and, and this is where the lawyer comes in. Um, what if they stop you for flashing lights or lights? Uh, do you have to have lights? I think you have to have lights, but nobody said they had to work, right? Is that true? They got oh, lights, but they we're don't bending need to be on. the law now. No, they should be working, and I think the the thing is they should be working at a uh, a distance of at least fifty to uh, seventy five feet. Right? We're we're dealing with these issues. Is but, it the law? I think it is the law. So uh, we're going to look that up. The other thing we we want to tell you is that uh, on this ride last night, riding in a group, everybody says, well, you know, what what about? blinding lights to blind the guy behind you. I, I don't think they have to be that bright. And some of the LEDs nowadays are really getting that bright. So I, um, I discussed it with some of the kids there. Uh, what, do, you, do you have to have a lot of money to get lights? And there are some good light sets out there for less than $20. And I, everybody goes, $20, man. That could be the difference between me getting a bike and not getting a bike. And I said, well, you know, you know what? You should really have some lights first. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you ride. I got... Uh, these, uh, what are they, frogs or nogs? Or? Those are good. They're small. They don't inhibit, and they, they last. Uh, they have a good shelf life, the batteries there. They're like watch batteries. Um, I have some AA lights. Um, they use AA's, and I'm using rechargeables in it, trying to keep them in green mode where it's not all going into a landfill. And, in fact, the only thing I do now is I try to carry an extra set of AA's just in case I 
what, what happens with juice. Exactly. You forget to recharge the rechargeables, which I, I, I hear people doing this all the time, and it's like I'm not the first one. So here's a little more audio from the punk rock ride. It was a polite thing to say when you were trying to explain you went out into the bowling or rock and roll, but you didn't dare to say punk because you were afraid to get kicked out of the party. Hey, we don't do exist. There's no music, there's no underground sound, there's noise, there's punk, there's power pop, there's scar, there's rollers. So here we are moving through the downtown Los Angeles area and, and you're going uh, punk rock, the music, is it really uh, inspiring or something? You can really ride to any kind of music I think, but uh, one of the important things is not to wear those little earbuds so you cut yourself off from everything else. I know a lot of people like to ride that way. And we're saying this at the advice, you know, uh, just like lawyer? it's not essential that you carry your lawyer around with you, <laughs> but uh, it. And, and this gets into that whole thing. Is it, is it really essential that you carry your lawyer around with you? Is it essential that I make some sort of precaution for every little thing that's going on? Okay, okay, wait. You just, you had your lawyer with you because your lawyer is hanging out. Yeah, my lawyer just showed up. And that was a joke. And it was like, yeah. And so I mentioned it and everybody said, is this, is this some sort of thing like, uh, like your Hunter S. Thompson or, or Raul Duke who yeah, travels? What do, you, what do you need a lawyer for? <laughs> you don't. You don't. You, I think you just need to be safe. And um, that, that even gets back to this whole radiation thing, too. Uh, do you really have to start taking those iodine pills just because there was an accident, even though everybody's telling you it's, it's not essential? Um, what, what do you need a lawyer for? Like, well, it, uh, well, we're going to find out shortly here on Kill Radio. Oh, boy. <laughs> you mean something you're, you're going to do in the future? No. Um, or, or something I've already done and. They, they All right, yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, anyway, punk rock ride, and um, that as you heard uh, earlier from Denise and uh, the punk rock spirit, is it alive? Is it in, indeed uh, being sanctioned? I like to believe that anarchy isn't just uh, sort of uh, funneled out to musical tastes or um, let's say political leanings or, in fact, uh, a style of dress or clothes or something. I like to believe that it's it's the person itself, and the and the punk rock comes later. How about you? Uh, what? Do you believe that the punk rock is just something you put on every day, or is it something you live? Uh, yeah, I, I live it. Yeah, yeah. I'm punk rock, and, and it's kind of funny because uh, uh, we we don't think about that until we're out there. And I I wonder if there are parallels, and and I I've, I've even talked to people about parallels between punk rock and art movements, uh, punk rock and um, um, the political kind of destinies and stuff. Uh, I was reminded of uh, how uh, punk rock, quote unquote, the uh, some graphic novels are. Uh, some of the movies we're seeing now um, that are that are just lending themselves to this ethos of uh, anarchy, but undisciplined anarchy. And I happen to believe that there there is some sort of sense of that, um, um, but it's it's a universal theme that that transcends this. I like to think that. Uh, Instead of punk rock rise, maybe back in the 30s and 40s, it was called uh, uh, something of a of a movement that was like uh, in the 30s. And Frank 50? Frank Capra, 
in his. There was uh, punk rock in the 30s I like to believe that some of those Frank Capra movies sort of engage the idea of man against the, the system. Also, you got to think that if it's really a human thing, that it has to have always have been with us. And there was punk rock in ancient Greece. Right, and right. Punk rock in the in well, I mean, I, I remember Patti Smith was uh, uh, doing a, a show once, and she was talking about all this religious iconography. Um, I, I think. Uh, having grown up with that Catholic kind of stint. And, and she said, wow, that whole thing with the, uh, the crucifix and the thorns and all this stuff, that's, that's really punk rock, you know, that all that iconography. Okay, let me stuff. tell you what I think punk rock is, because I, I'm, I can't really say that I'm punk rock, at least not, you know, like, I, I didn't have that style. I wasn't rock. Well, I'm not style. saying we're, we're like Benson and, and the I, things I against Quail, and it's like I know, I know, I know uh, John Kennedy... I, I worked with John Kennedy. You're no John Kennedy thing. I don't think anybody's going to come out and say, I, I, I knew Johnny Rotten. I know punk rock. You're no punk rock. <laughs> you're no, no, you're no punk no, but rock. I didn't, you're no I didn't Johnny even, Rotten. I didn't but. even listen to punk rock except like the ones that got really popular. You know? Like, I don't know, Adam. Adam yeah. Adam, I, uh, <laughs> what, what's either. really funny is I'm asking kids, most of which, and uh, we're, we're going to get to other parts of the interview, where uh, it's... Uh, some of these kids that are on this ride have heard the music, but they don't know what it's about. But I was going to say what I think it's about. Here's what I think it's about. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's about like people who are sick of being um, pushed around, uh-huh. and uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, a large component of punk rock is the music, and we're going to hear more from it. It's just that uh, when punk rock was around and first sort of spawning, and this is what we did last night, we rode to some of the places where there was punk rock, and uh, they, they tried to recap it like they did last year. Last year it was more like a ride arc almost, where we would go to these different places and they'd sort of explain either the, the zeitgeist or what was going on or the culture or something. But uh, what, what was uh, really essential to this was the fact that uh, it, it really engaged you just beyond the music, which is what I think punk rock or any movement does, uh, it starts changing your your uh, your dress or your hairstyle, and it's like, is that is that a fallout kind of thing, or is it an important thing that you are engaging in some sort of uh, uh, movement? In this case, we're actually moving through space and hopefully through time and stuff. We got a call, and we're going to go to the phones here. It is Kill Radio. Let's see about this. Try that. I can, I, I can definitely get the call. Hello? Oh, there he goes. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, so this is Mark, and um, you're doing the Ciclavia? I'm doing Ciclavia. Yeah, that, uh, you're referring to the, to the bicycle medical training thing? Well, that's how I got in touch with you. But I talked to Dr. Rebecca, and then I said, of the bicycle medical training and I said I needed somebody to talk to me about cycling Ciclovia today. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Still yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm organizing with them. Uh, I'm heading the, the Boyle Heights Outreach uh, Host Committee. Um, sorry, I just got off my bike. but uh, So, um, yeah, what do, you, what do you guys want to know? Uh, we're, we're wondering what's, what's your favorite punk rock tune? It's, uh, it's tied into the show theme. Oh, what's my favorite punk rock tune? I don't know. Sonic Youth punk rock still, or? Well, well see, that, that's what we're talking about. It's like, uh, uh, it's it's like uh, it's the music of a generation, but a lot of people were born after the generation, and punk rock was actually, I guess, viable and marketable and stuff. But uh, we like to think that same spirit is around. Maybe, <laughs> perhaps, even in the bike culture and stuff, and uh, even the Ciclavia is a, por- a form of uh, political. Let's just say. Um, 
political action. Uh, right. may, maybe not as stringent as were as Nathan Hale or, or Johnny Rotten, but uh, along those same lines. Is this uh, Chicken Leather? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh, all right. Hey, this is Mark from uh, like Coaster Break and all that. I, I know who it is. Yes. All right. Yes, cool. I do. M Mark, we're gonna get touch on that Coaster Break thing, but first of all, um, were you on last night's ride or? Um, were you, no, no. You were staying in so you could do some political action this morning, and you're going to tell us about it right now, aren't you? Yeah, dude, I just, uh, I just, uh, you know, destroyed a couple government buildings. and. Oh, you're so yeah. lying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, regarding Ciclavia, the basically my role right now is just helping with the expansion into Boyle Heights. Um, been working with the... Uh, um, local businesses and some organizations, some of the city uh, council team, and, and uh, we're going to try to develop a route that will expand into, into Boyle Heights, hopefully in uh, October. Uh, we have to sort of get a route down what would work, what wouldn't work, and then uh, submit it. Um, hopefully, you know, if people are interested in doing that and they live in, you know, Boyle Heights, East L.A., and they want to be a part of the team, um, we're going to have our first uh, what we call an Explorer ride which on uh, actually the same day as that medical training thing, um, that'll just start around 1.30 over at uh, Corazon uh, del Pueblo, over off on 1st Street. And we're going to just basically ride around the streets of Boyle uh, Heights, probably split up in groups, depending on the number of uh, uh, people who show up. And we're just going to see what streets make a lot of sense, try to give people... Um, you know what Boyle Heights is about. Try to get rid of some of the misconceptions about neighborhoods like Boyle Heights, or even like uh, Joe Linton right now is working with South LA, and that's probably going to be the first extension. Joe uh, Linton, he's one of those punk rock bike guys, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got you know full tattoo sleeves and everything. Oh, oh yeah. Now, yeah. now, see, we we sort of equate punk rock with some of the things that that are within. I I I, I think. Tattoos were always around before this. Maybe maybe they weren't four bars on the back of somebody's neck, but or the, or the barcodes. But um, I, I yeah, we always equate all these negative things with punk rock. I'm trying to say that there's some positive things out there too, and uh, I like to believe that uh, you got you guys are doing things. And uh, I know that people in cars would say, "Oh my God, this is so horrible! You're blocking out the street just for bikes and little kids." Oh my God, people are going to be walking these streets or something, but we're so locked into this culture that sort of embraces automobiles that we forget that all this stuff that's out there for cars is kind of a double-edged sword if you have a bike. Um, you, you can ride the same safe streets if you're on a bicycle. In fact, I think you can ride them better if you're on a bicycle, even if they aren't. So uh, it's just saying endearing to you. But, Sorry, I'm right next to the street. Yeah, just uh, getting, getting back to your original thing, you're, you're out there trying to engage businesses. Why, why would they want to join this kind of movement here to uh, do this? Do you, is there any kind of payoff? Well, you know, that's a good question, and I think, you know, sort of my, my amateur analysis of it is that, so, you know, on the one hand, obviously business owners have a, have a monetary interest in, you know, having people... Uh, frequent their business or whatnot, giving it some publicity. Um, it, they could see it as a marketing tool. But in, in certain areas, um, you know, that, that have been sort of historically, um, you know, victims of, like, injustice and racism and, you know, government, you know, policies that haven't favored uh, certain demographics and whatnot, 
you, you do find that there are some local business owners and whatnot who have an interest in developing their community in such a way that promotes the, the history and the culture and the, the positive things that sort of got lost in a lot of the sort of mythology that, that's gone on with, you know, characterizing certain neighborhoods as, you know, violent, dangerous, and whatnot. And, um, and, so, and so you find that people are also interested because, not just because they have a business there or whatever, but because they're interested in bringing people to the positive, um, you know, aspects of a neighborhood, you know. So they, so they want people to come and see why they love the neighborhood, why they want to have a business there. And it's not, you know, it, it's not just for dollar signs, you know. It's a lot of it is because, they, you know, they could have, you know, maybe ventured into some other neighborhood and started their business, but they wanted to go back to their roots and help out the community that they grew up in or, or whatnot. So um, you, can, you kind of see both of that, you know, and, and, and um, you know, I'm down with that, and, I, and then it's one of the important um, things that, I, that I'm trying to, how push and promote it, you know, especially in the bike scene that, that, you know, we need to have it more diverse. We need a more empowered um, uh, movement of color people. Um, we, we just really need to, to create that diversity. And, you know, I, you know, I picked Boyle Heights for a reason. I, you know, I have a history with that city and, and, uh, and you know, I, I love the culture there and I like what it's trying to do and we want to try to um, promote it. I think Ciclavia is a great way to do that and I think it's also just something great for the neighborhood and see what they do with it so I don't know it's a long-winded answer no, I guess, no, that's, a, that's a great thing um, but uh, I like to believe that it's more than just money you talked about quality of life and stuff I think that's a that's more of a payoff than any kind of dollar yeah it's definitely issue. a health issue for for I, you kind of asked what the local business was you know so I was kind of going off of that but Ciclavia itself has multiple purposes um, you know, one of them being house, you know, promoting house. So they, so they will target areas that have um, higher obesity rates, um, you know, basically promoting local business, um, uh, safe streets, you know. The project itself has a lot of um, positive byproducts of it. And I think, I think when you get people sort of sit down to, to sit down and discuss what their interests are, once they get a fuller sense of what Ciclavia is about and they, they realize it's not a race or anything like that, then all those other things start to click. Oh, this is great for health. Oh, this is great for community. Oh, this is great so neighbors can interact with one another um, and not just sort of sit behind their closed doors and stuff. So um, it promotes public space and, and uh, people getting to know each other. And um, I'll, I'll just throw this last thing out. So, you know, Joe Linton kind of... He was the one who, who, who uh, explained this to me, but I guess in uh, Bogota, Colombia, where it started, uh. that it was actually, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming this is correct, it was used as a sort of uh, crime prevention tool in that uh. they thought if they could get the public to interact with each other and start to see each other on a face-to-face -face level, um, um, and I forget the whole, you know, now it's behind or whatever, but... They well, saw they were, it as a way to reduce crime rates. So yeah. everybody was in the public. They, they, they identified with each other in a different way than sort of just hiding behind the scenes. Right. I, um, I, you, you bring up Joe, and it, it would be funny if Joe was just involved in this, but Joe has done some great work with the, uh, the, 
the people from Cycle. Uh, I know them from the Eco Village that pretty much spawned not only uh, uh, some innovative things with permaculture and environment and, and looking at the environment differently, gray water systems. I mean, it could go on for an hour right. just about that. But uh, one of the things that we, we sort of joke about is that uh, that's where the bike kitchen started. And uh, the bike kitchen, yeah. one of the first little inroads into uh, bike culture, uh, would it work if you were to tell me today, hey, you know, with this whole economic thing, we're going we're gonna to start a collective that just represents bicycling and stuff, you know, I would get laughed out of here. And it's, and it's kind of funny that now it's just like sort of taken for granted. It's like, oh, yeah, all these little things popping up from the, the bikery to uh, the bike hub. And, right. Um, it's um, it's really amazing because we we take it for granted and, and it but that's how it starts I mean um, uh, I'm I'm using this as just a, a sort of a point for political talk today but uh, you know Thoreau telling you about uh, political disobedience and stuff and, and looking at different things but for him it was a, a positive effort and I like to think that's where things like Ciclavia are doing and the, and the movement that you guys are, are starting. So b before we get you off the phone, tell me about the, we, you mentioned the health issues and stuff, but uh, you mentioned something else. You were there doing something with, with health too. Can you touch on that for just the last uh, five minutes or so? Uh, sure. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but I'll, I'll throw this out there. So, so another project I'm working on, and coincidentally with uh, uh, Ross Hirsch and Jimmy Lazama, uh, who, who, you know, Jimmy started bike kitchens. We're, we're doing some uh, family and kids bike projects. So uh, at Ciclavia, we're hoping to have it all together. We're probably going to do a kids bike polo um, event there. Um, that'll be cool for families to check out and the kids to kind of mess around. We've been building up some bikes, and uh, we're, we're, uh, we're probably going to, sometime in the near future, in about a month or so, start to unveil the, the project. It's sort of uh, what we did with Midday Riders um, with the kids thing, but... Uh, sort of taking a different angle with it and, and hopefully uh, help promote, uh, you know, kids getting more exercise and families being able to commute by, by bike, you know, their kids to school and stuff. Um, uh, Jimmy and myself are car-free parents, so, you know, we kind of have a... And Ross, too, has a couple kids, so, he, you know, he's interested in, uh, in pursuing that avenue. And, and uh, so we're going to try to unveil that pretty soon, and uh, that's going to coincide with Ciclavia. So... Um, if people have an opportunity, um, look for the kids' bike polo somewhere in there. We're, we're still trying to hash out the details before it, uh, the event occurs. So we're working on that. So um, Yeah, great. This is Nick again. Oh. I, I think he was talking about the uh, bicycle, bicycle stuff's uh, medical. Oh, the medical training. Yeah. But but that's, and um, is that you, you're going to shut down like a certain part of the street for kids' bike polo? Well, <laughs> So, so no, we'll, we'll probably uh, we'll probably find a spot somewhere along the route to do it. Um, it, it, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be anything that like uh, it's sort of a DIY type of thing. I see. We'll, we'll find a spot, and you know, kids will see it, people will see it, and we just figure it'll 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 happen. I know but we're going to try to continue the project after Ciclavia, so we're going to try to have sort of a kids bike polo program um, alongside of a bunch of other stuff. But I'm just kind of throwing out the, the short end of it. Uh, you know, I, I work at a middle school, and uh, Joe Linton came to it the yes uh, Friday, which was yesterday, oh, okay. and spoke in the auditorium to all the seventh graders, girls, yeah. and boys. Yeah, that's that's rad, man. Yeah, and he told them about bike safety and you know how how not to ride, how to ride, and he told them about Ciclavia, passed out maps and flyers, and so he's doing outreach. So yeah, that, definitely, man. The kid, I think the kids are really the the 
people to target it. I don't think there's been enough uh, emphasis on them, and I've, I've been trying to work towards uh, organizing around that because we could get families to be interested in their kids' safety and see the streets as not being safe for their kids, then I think we have a whole, you know, voter constituent that, that really pays attention to certain issues and to get behind that rather than, you know, teenagers and adults who already... Nick was just commenting. It's it's our little push better than the cigarette country com companies that are that are out there and doing stuff. So yeah. maybe it's a health issue, but I, I yeah, the health the health angle really is the way to go. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think that's that's a great way to. Uh, and, and if I can just use the word uh, as Pascal, a good friend of mine, would it's it's a branding method that doesn't necessarily make you want to buy like a certain kind of shirt or something. It it's like. Uh, you can't buy good health, but you can kind of live it. I mean, everybody knows there's no real marketing campaign for broccoli other than the broccoli board or something, and everybody knows it's good for you, and yet those Red Hot Cheetos tend to make their way into the, the lunch things a lot faster than, than um, just bags of, uh, of spinach or broccoli. Oh, wait, wait a second. Nick is saying Red Hot Broccoli here. Maybe we've got a trend that we haven't uh, pursued here. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, any, anyway, do, do you eat a lot of Red Hot Broccoli when you're doing those uh, Coaster Break challenges or, or what? Can, can you give us a little insight into some of the training you do or, or how would you compare? And, and I'm, I'm just putting question on top of questions. And um, how would you compare your, your Coaster Break training in helping you navigate the streets of Los Angeles? So maybe we should start with the first one. How do you train for the Coaster Break challenge? Well, uh, I train by... Uh, uh, taking my own route and going off course, and uh, just figure out how how not to how not to keep my lead and stuff. So that's probably the my the, my last race was a uh, an embarrassment in a way. Kind of uh, had to lead on certain sections and uh, made wrong turns. And I, I think that had to do with equipment failure, and that's something <laughs> that's just the luck of the draw. I yeah, that sometimes. I think I'm just stupid. So. Um, no, no. It, you know, <laughs> if, if it was a, a traditional mountain bike race, I could say it was stupid. But first of all, you're going downhill at neck-breaking speed. Some of these routes haven't been cleared, or they're muddy, or the conditions aren't aren't, let's just say, posted. And then, d just to further kind of way down on this thing, we're doing this all with a coaster brake. That's like something the technology is like from the beginning of of like the first brakes that were put on bicycles. And, and yet it works in some sort of screwy way, but uh, yeah, it's super fun. It's 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 definitely uh, it, you know the cool thing is that you'll see guys show up to uh, some of the yeah. mountain bike rides we do, and they'll show up on their coaster bike uh, rigs, and uh, it's kind of cool to see people really uh, identify with it and and feel like uh, it's not just a it's not just sort of a funky thing to do once in a while, but they're kind of like you know this is pretty cool. It has a real like uh, human element to it where where. Uh, you know, it doesn't have all this hydraulic power that, you know, sort of gives you the sense that you could just fly down certain areas. So it brings it back down a little bit to, to really navigate the terrain and and, uh, and learn how to, you know, pick lines and things like that and not just fly over it on your, you know, full suspension rig. And it, it, mountain biking is an interesting scene, you know. There, there's these guys that show up in full armor and they're riding on fire roads and they're in full suspension bikes. And, um it's pretty. It's a. It's a fun scene, and the coaster break thing is a sort of a, a really awesome addition to it right now. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it stays pretty low key, and and uh, you know we get more people, but it keeps its, uh, you know, real community vibe and all that. I think I dig it a lot. Paul's rad. 
Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that any of that, and the other question was, do you think any of that mountain bike training uh, translates to riding safer on the, on the urban highway here? I think streets? it helps, like, with, with really, um, and, uh, you know, I don't know how true this is, but I, I feel like it helps with navigating, you know, bad streets, you know, that are beat up, you know, potholes and all that. Um, you sort of have a second nature on how to how to just wrap around things or even just ride over them because, you know, on the mountains there's rocks and holes and whatnot. So uh, mentally I think you just have a way of, of uh, working on a real narrow path and uh, picking the best section of that in a short amount of, you know, time. I think that I think that's how it helps. Um, and definitely mountains are quite a bit harder to climb up than streets, you know, hills on, on the, you know, paved hills and stuff. So yeah. I think it helps. Yeah, but it's it's still training all, all the less to to do this. I find that uh, I'm I'm more aware after I do one of these races on the street, um, not necessarily sort of taking the route for for granted like like I would if if I was definitely in a car. I could you, you kind of go on uh, what it autopilot. I, I remember sometimes coming home and not even remember <laughs> how I got there. And I, I'm sure this is a common occurrence. I, no drugs, no nothing, but you're so tired and you're so late that you just sort of say, how did I even get here? And you sort of are unlocking the door to your house and going, oh, that was horrible. Whereas if you were on a bike, at least you're conscious of the route or something. Or the route can expire, it, it inspire you. I, I know that the, the new mountain, uh, the new section of the, the thing, I, I get to ride it every once in a while late at night. And it's, and it's so... Uh, they really did a nice job with part of the river thing, but uh, as a lot of people have said, the, I, I don't really ride out of my way to take the river ride, but sometimes right. the river route is, is nice. Okay, John, well, we want to thank you. Mark. Once again, you tell us about your... Uh, that was Mark, a cool name, I'll take that. Mark, Mark, tell us... I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us about um, um, where you are today and what you're doing one last time. Uh, today, I'm just hanging out with the kid. Uh, you know, we just actually just jumped off the bike right now, and... Uh, and uh, I'm just gonna go visit some family. I'm not doing anything today. Oh, I, I thought oh you were but doing... tonight, tonight, uh, yeah. uh, or I guess t early tomorrow morning is the Craft the Marathon. So I'm gonna do that and uh, and uh, probably uh, see who I can keep up with. And uh, that's pretty rad. It's uh, hopefully it rains. Let's so. talk about that. Yeah, hopefully it does rain. And we got some people on the on the punk rock tour that were talking about that. We're gonna try and cue that up. Here's Nick for one last uh, comment. All right, thanks, Mark. Thanks a lot for calling in, and, and keep in touch. Okay. okay yeah, was... play more Blink-182, man. Uh, what was Blink-182 again? Uh, I was just joking. I was trying to be punk rock. They're, they're one of those new wave punk rock guys that the kids are all into. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, yeah. All right. All right, man. Later. Yeah. Okay, let me... So, we're gonna, you know who we're going to talk to now? No, who are we going to talk to now? Uh, you know the guy who did the posters for Gimme Three Feet? Yeah, that, that was really... Uh... Insurgent. insurgent kind of punk rock thing, right? Was that? I mean, that was pretty, like, authorized. I, I thought it got in your face, kind of. But uh, I, I think sometimes uh, uh, instead of stenciling the wall and having it painted over or being on an electrical box where mm -hmm. people, there was visibility, this was uh, something that the city got behind. Yeah. It probably started out of that. that Can the city be punk rock or is it no longer punk rock if the city does it? I, I think there are elements that transcend punk rock. Uh, for example, uh, uh, and I'll use this kind of, I think there's things in rock and roll that transcend just the, mo the movement. I mean, look, the Beatles changed the whole generation. Everybody's got had Beatles haircuts for a while, and yet nobody said, hey, you got to change this or something. I think also that 
we may not think of hairstyles being like so punk rock, but let's face it, in the 90s, everybody had one of those Johnny Rotten haircut things. And I'm wondering if just changing your hair actually changes the inside of you, too. I haven't used gel in years. What about you? I, <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I used to wear a lot of... I, when I have shorter hair, you know. Spike it? In the front, like so, it would be like. How are the kids at school? What do you think they do if you walked in looking all spiked out? They'd have a lot to say, I'm sure. And, and would they eat their vegetables? If I if if I thought it would get them to eat their vegetables, I would definitely. All right, all right. Spike spiky, my hair. spiky red hot broccoli. That's the new trend. We're, we're spiky red hot broccoli, <laughs> and crispy kale. All right, dude. We, that's a. I think actually, you know what? It's funny. You make we make jokes about this, but I really love broccoli, and I me too. I think it was all about preparation for the longest time. I used to make uh, this this broccoli kind of thing, Cuisinart, and do it. And it was uh, maybe we'll go into nutrition with Matt. We'll we'll get him in here instead of climbing the ten hardest hills coming up probably in a couple of weeks. We'll we'll ask him about nutrition and stuff. I know that I asked him, and he was talking about potassium bananas. Which is a a good thing to have all the time, not just uh, when when you're depleted. <clears throat> but it's a good quick energy. Oh yeah, you're talking. I know why you're talking about potassium. But but I also like to believe that uh, it's because it, of the, the no radiation. no. But I like to believe also that that uh, it's one of those superfoods, broccoli. You know, it's like yeah. you can eat it and immediately feel the benefit from it. And uh, well, you know about crispy kale too, right? Crispy kale that that just sounds like a marketable kind of thing. You know, sounds you should like put a, that like in a, a packet with a with a cartoon kind of character right? in the front. I mean, they do it in Japan. Crispy, they have crispy like seaweed, kale, the, seaweed, the, and like the octopus. Free. Yeah, sure, that would yeah. be great. I, yeah. If yeah, if anybody wants to help us market that, uh, livebiketalk at gmail dot com. We're, we're we're but nutrition is something that you can benefit from without without all the hype and stuff. And I, I think similarly, biking is the same way. It's like we talk yeah. about all these things. There was that famous Midnight Riders that talked about branding and all these different things. And I, I was looking at it like, well, we should we should brand Midnight Riders and we should brand. Uh, you well, know, it is branded. What do you mean? Some of the some of these different things because at the time they weren't on T-shirts or anything, and now there's there's oh. T-shirts and you sort of put it on a T-shirt. It was like your bumper sticker wearing wearing uh, art and stuff. But uh, it was. Uh, it 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 changed, and they were like, you you can't brand Midnight Riders, you can't brand biking, and I I would argue that it's not just branding, but it, it transcends. Maybe this is the punk rock part of the show, into your being or something. Maybe um, maybe the clothes do sort of permeate your skin, right? <laughs> well, speaking I, of, I think I think probably it come. I, I always thought that it comes from from inside, and then sh- oh, so so now we're gonna get back to this this this. Uh, you know, it's I just branding to say with the though. three feet. Yeah, branding. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, that that's was a long circle. No, but back it, to it, the you, you got to bring it back together, and and that it's like um, the, it started out, I think, originally, and uh, th- this is great. We have this footage somewhere where all the different bike collectives, bike people, bike activists, uh, advocates, all came together one night uh, over uh, out of all places the bike oven, and um, we we talked about. Um, this this movement to not so much twist people's minds, but to to slightly educate them about maybe if you see somebody on a bicycle, you know, some caution might be applied. You you shouldn't try to uh, speed around them or something. And last night there was a motorcyclist 
that uh, tried to get around all these people on bikes, and it was it was fine. Uh, we were clearing out for him, but he had to get there even faster, and he uh, he hit uh, a sign some signage there. He was okay, but it was like it definitely you could hear the difference in his in his motorcycle as he did that. So it's not just cars, but also other motor vehicles. Anyway, uh, yeah. we're we're trying to uh, now uh, we're uh, waiting talk for, to for the artist that uh, did the three feet. Give three responsible for what three was it? Feet. Give me three feet. Give me three. Give give me give me three, and that's. Give me three. G- give me three. Yes. Um, and it was sounds like we're doing a rap song now. <laughs> give me three. Give me three. Yeah, well, I yeah. always think of give three feet high and rising. By we'll just Russell. stutter as we do it and sound like sampling. Ah, here and we there, go. And there we go. Mike Talk. Hey, this is Danny. Hey, Danny. We're just talking about you. Good. So um, you're the artist who did the Give Me Three poster for the for the city of LA. Well, All the good fun. Up with the slogan. Uh, the artist is Jeff McFredrich. He's the one that did the artwork. Oh right, you're the slogan guy. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I've, I've words. Here, here's chicken leather. No, no, oh, no, no. Um, so, how did this happen? It was a contest. It was a contest through uh, the LA City and Midnight Riders, and uh, they kind of posted on our blog, "Hey, come up with a slogan for uh, you know, like the safety campaign." Because what happened was. Uh, mayor, Antonio Villaragosa, he actually had an incident on his bike, and he's like, whoa, it's really dangerous, so, you know, you're putting your life at risk when you're cycling in the streets of Los Angeles, so he thought it'd be a good idea to get some, uh, you know, people involved in the community and uh, have a contest for a slogan for these posters that'll be up around the city, and, uh, you know, someone posted on a blog, hey, you know, we need some submissions, and I basically just uh, was like, all right, cool, I'll submit something, and uh, I won. Give me three. Was yeah, exactly. is there no story about how you know you were at a stoplight and then you know? Oh yeah, being you know riding in downtown or wherever, you, you're basically being passed up by motorists, even buses at a very close range. Usually it's like the buses and big cars, but yeah, they they actually don't give you uh, enough space, you know, a cushion of safety. So. Um, I've, I've just, you know, said, oh, give me three feet to pass, which should be a law, but it's not in California. It's not a law, but it's a, a campaign. Yeah, actually. And uh, after after meeting with the mayor, uh, you know, he kind of talked about making, uh, introducing that as a law, hopefully sometime soon. So you met with the mayor? Yeah. And he spoke with you? Yeah. And how was that? It was cool. It was, um, you know, one of those, like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> but uh, it was through his people that told me that, uh, you know, he's working on making that a law. And um, uh, as part of the press conference, he kind of mentioned it a little bit. So I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. So um, what do you do in your, uh, in your, when you're not coming up with slogans for campaigns? Well, funny you should ask. Right now I'm actually working on a short doc for, um, it's based on cycling, of course. It's, uh, it's called Ghost Bikes. And uh, it's basically a very short documentary on uh, the people that are putting up ghost bikes in our community. So, for instance, we got people like Leslie Caldera down here in the South Bay in Orange County who's putting up ghost bikes for the fallen cyclist, and uh, Ed and Alan who's doing it also in the South Bay. And uh, this weekend we're actually installing a ghost bike up in Ventura for um, Jose Luis Carmona, who's a 40-year-old cyclist who was hit 
while he was walking his uh, bike on PCH. He was actually struck and killed um, a few days ago. And uh, the, the driver actually left, you know, fled the scene and was actually found to be under the influence, so was booked for vehicular manslaughter. But yeah, that's what's going on. Um, so wait, the documentary is about ghost bikes? The documentary is about the people who are putting up the ghost bikes in, in the Southern California area. That sounds great. What? So you're just making it now? Yeah, yeah, actually. We're right in the middle of it. Um, I'm hoping I can get it done in time for BF Bicycle Film Fest. Um, that's the goal. And when is that? Um, April 1st. That's our, oh, that's uh, really soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we should start editing as of Monday. <laughs> Wow, okay, well, I'll definitely want to see that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should uh, definitely check it out. Can you come on again and, and when you have it? I'd lo- yeah, I'd love to. That would be fantastic. And maybe, like, put play clips from it? Of course, yeah. We've got a lot of um, footage from uh, putting up a ghost bike in Orange County uh, a few weeks ago. We're actually waiting on uh, a name to be released, also in Orange County, of another cyclist who was struck and killed, but um, the police actually haven't been able to contact the next kin, nor do they know who this person is. So as soon as that name is released, um, that ghost bike will go up as well. I, I'm, this is uh, Chicken Leather here, and we're, we're kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, um, there, you, you can put up a ghost bike, but it's, it sometimes embarrasses, uh, do, you, do you get in, in your film uh, some of the um, issues involved with the city? If you put up a ghost bike, is it embarrassing them? They, or does it sort of uh, prompt them to action or something? And, and once these ghost bikes do go up, I, I'm noticing that they don't stay up. They, they sort of take them away. Do you address that issue? Um, well, we do in the way where we're actually talking with the people that are putting them up, and I'm kind of getting their feel for it. So they do feel that uh, sometimes they're taking down prematurely. Um, it is a roadside memorial, so I mean, it's not like we're, we're littering, you know, the people that are putting them up, they're not littering the sidewalk. It's a roadside memorial to the people that have fallen, and uh, they do have this feeling that uh, sometimes they are taking down prematurely, and that kind of sucks. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're not doing it to, uh, to, I guess, to piss the city off. They're basically doing it because there's a need for, you know, either the motorists to know that you know a cyclist was killed here and also i think it kind of like bridges the gap between hey cyclist motorist just um you know if you ever seen a ghost bike it usually has a little watch for cyclists or share the road or some mm-hmm. sort of little um you know piece of information that's attached to the bike and in my experience i mean i've only put one up and it, it's a very you know sobering and it's very you know sad experience for me but at the same time, I see why they do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what the ordinances are, too. It's almost like somewhere between tagging and somewhere between advertisement. Because it's, it's almost like you're, you're out there sort of on the line doing this late at night. And I, I don't know how it would be addressed. I think that's part of it. Part of the issues that we're, you were addressing with the, the, the three feet issue right. was... Um, you, you want to have visibility, yet you don't want to be like every three feet you have the same thing. And, and I would argue, do I want to really see a, a three-foot sign that protects people or, or more advertisement for Sucker Punch or, or something like that? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, with the, um, with the ghost bikes, uh, yeah, we're, we're 
we're not necessarily like on the graffiti side. It's uh, you know it's it's actually a bike, and uh, it does get changed chained to something physical like a post or you know like a tree or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I understand both sides, and you know this, when the city does take it down, it's like okay, the city took it down. I um I'm wondering if you are familiar with how it's it was almost like done in New York City and how only when they saw ghost bikes did the city really change to embrace the bicycle as opposed to like saying, okay, people are dying out there. And in fact, I, I pose this question to people like Michelle Mallory and stuff. It's like, do we have to have, really have a body count to get anything done in the city? Is that the only time that politicians are, are sort of prompted the action? And, and I, I, I think you're your give them three feet uh, sort of campaign is it's transparent enough so as people can see the benefits of it without having to see people die which right. is kind of kind of better of course yeah so um we're we're looking at some of the tweets online and and, um, and some of the questions that, that are raised here um this, this documentary, as you said, you're making for the PFF, but uh, it, it'll be, I guess, eventually out online, too, or, or yeah. for distribution, right? Right. Yeah, if um, after after BFF, if it gets, you know, submitted to BFF, of course, we'll have it online for people to see. We'll have, we'll have some showings as well. Do you, do you get uh, asked a lot about some of the, um, and here's another question, do you get asked a lot about uh, what some of the slogans that you didn't have um, if somebody was wondering if you had a, a, a different slogan or was that just the best one you could think of uh... um, that was the only one that came out of my mind <laughs> okay so it's like uh, actually just pulled it right out of the air and submitted it like an instant and I didn't think it would win or anything like that I just was like okay here it is boom and, and somebody else asked about the, the design did you talk with the designer when you were no, doing um, I met uh, Jeff at the uh, press conference, actually, and uh -huh. uh, I told him, hey, I really like the design, and it kind of ties in with the rest of the work that he's doing. If you look at his website, it's like, he's really, you know, cool and all that, but... Um, it's almost like filmmaking or, or, or songwriting, where you just supply the lyrics and somebody, you know, you, somebody you don't hear it until oh, Grammy yeah. night. Yeah, no, it was a complete surprise. Actually, when I first saw the sign, was like, at the unveiling, I haven't seen it before, and I was like, wow, that's awesome, good sign. I think it conveys the message right away, and you can tell it was his because it's really similar to some of the other work that he's doing. Somebody asked that now that you have the mayor's ear, are you going to push him for, for more infrastructure or more I, safety? I've actually been trying to get a hold of him. Ah, well, there you <laughs> I go. To get, uh, I wanted to see if, he can, if I can get him on film and, uh, you know, what the follow-up is with the three-foot law since he promised. Oh, I, I can't that see that. Yeah. 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 Seriously, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, I'd like to meet with them soon. And and this last one, somebody wants to know what's the the strangest place you've seen the the three foot thing? Do you go around and, and follow them or, or take take pictures of them at different well, sites? I yeah, I live in Long Beach, and uh, within a week they were in Long Beach, so that's cool. And then Whoa. I would get like texts, hey, your signs over here, and people would send me pictures, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So it's all over the place. But the strangest place it is, it's inside. My house, as soon as you open the door, I have a bike rack, and it carries five bikes. It's behind my bike rack, so you can see it. So I guess that's probably the strangest place for that sign. It's inside my house. So you're giving yourself three feet yeah. within your own house. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I got, a, I got to keep a copy of it, so I went down to the, 
LACBC, and they gave me a copy, and I put it inside my house. Well, it's, it's funny because the, the other ones, the caution that uh, I think uh, grew out of, and, and it's no surprise that something that, uh, um, what is it, uh, Too Tall Jamal, or, or uh, Almond Joy, as he's known here, designed, <laughs> he, uh, and, and that's just a pseudonym, everybody knows who I'm talking about. Right. But uh, he, uh, some of those are still around, and uh, they're, they're high art. They're being signed and, and distributed, and it's almost like a premium now at uh, some bike events. We give them out, and people really want to have those, and it is, has become art. So it's almost like uh, I, maybe maybe the value of that one in your wall is going to find its way to eBay instead of just being on your wall. So. Yeah, I hope not. I, I'm not <laughs> selling art, but uh, I do appreciate uh, the actual piece. Um, I think it's great. So as it, just to turn this all around and back into the thing... Um, We've been trying to promote uh, good food or something. Do you have any kind of jingles or anything about red-hot broccoli out there that you can think of? Broccoli. <laughs> it's good for the legs, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's I, good. I love broccoli. but uh, I love broccoli. Actually, <laughs> could you not go with that? I love broccoli. Yeah, I love broccoli. Give, or, give it three feet. How about broccoli? I like it raw. Broccoli, I like it raw. That's a good one. Right. Okay. Here's Nick. Oh. Thank you very much, um, Danny. You're and welcome. And uh, come, come see us. Come talk to us when uh, you're. Oh yeah, you're sure. Done. That'd be great. All right. All right. Take care. Throwing. It only sounds like we're taking away the studio in here today. The the phone's uh, a bit on the on the blink, but um, as we as you heard there, there was uh, some talk about uh, other bicycle uh, issues, and and one of them was uh, some of the bike collectives. We, we heard them mention Al, and he's going to be prominent in this next peak, if not in the background. Uh, it is Kill Radio, and, and uh, I got a chance this week to go down to Long Beach and visit their bike hub. Before you do that? Before I do that. I wanted to say that um, with regard to branding, yeah, we have um, – we have well – you know, uh, we we meaning you and me, or we being Bike Talk, Kill Kill Radio, and Bike, Bike Talk, Talk, and KPFK, and KPFK on the uh, podcast. The website for Bike Talk, BikeTalk.com, is up. Oh, fantastic! So yeah. if people want to shout out to us or something in the social networking kind of thing. Just to just to another place. To and I, I I've heard tale. Well, I haven't. You know, we we all see what social networking and stuff can do in for. They're, they're talking about we spent millions of dollars on, on things like the CIA and all these underground plants and what brings down a, a, a city, but somebody's idea of a social networking and people able to talk to each other. I like to believe that communication starts on any level, uh, regardless of its medium, regardless if it's electronic or, or on the telephone or tweeting or texting or something. But uh, Yeah, we got to get the tweeter, the tweeter working, too. The, the tweeter, yeah. Or the is it is it twatter or t- or tw- twiddle? Twat would be the past tense. Have have twast. I twatted. Yes, we're we're declining here. We need to get I the twat. Latin on it. <laughs> the plu perfect past perfect. Okay. I had twat. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna skip over this and just get to something a little more palatable. Anyway, uh, as mentioned, the bike hub this week. Um, I got down there and they were talking about. Uh, I guess it's in partnership with private and public kind of entities and um which which represents i think something we're going to see more of in the future but in this case i guess it semi works for long beach 
Um, but they're facing the same thing with, uh, I think, a lot of collectives do with uh, just the transient nature of volunteers and stuff. Volunteers come in and it, it's hard to uh, sometimes appeal to more than they're, they're just their uh, urges and instincts. But we're going to hear a little bit of now, we, as said, chicken leather trudging down with the help of Steve Campos, um, a artist and visionary in his own mind. Uh, we got the Long Beach. Here it is, Kill Radio, Big Bike Dan, talking they about. They come in, in stints of six weeks, so uh-huh. they, they learn either design in English, and then six weeks they, they go back, they fly back home, and they get another batch of, of students. And um, yeah, it goes on. I guess he's got schools in LA and, and Texas. You kid, man. I feel blessed. <laughs> he's talking about Hancock University. Uh, yeah. That's. Uh, Donated the land to the bike cup. But I, I don't do it anymore because I do the cheap shots. You know what we're doing? This is a new trend. You guys might want to try this. Go to a local bar, get their permission, and say, hey, we would like to do some bike tune-ups in your bar. And we'll get the bike community to come to your bar, give out a special, like maybe 99 cents beers on that night, and you'll get them in here. And then while they're in here... We'll do light tune-ups on their on their bike, and now you earn tips, right. and they get their drunk on. I think I like the fact that it's like you're gonna trust someone at the bar. Maybe we have a couple <laughs> drinks. Hey, uh, dude, uh, it's catching on. Bike. It's <laughs> catching on here, dude. It's just by word of mouth, but yeah. it's, there's people just coming in. I don't know, bikes. beers and bikes. That doesn't sound like a. Come on, come on, dude. Come on, dude. This guy's the biggest drunk. You know what the messed up thing would be? And me and my mom were talking about this last night when I was talking to you. I said, Dan wants me to go to this thing at Cheap Shots, do my own tuning from bikes. All these guys are out. Yeah, I don't I know. They, they sometimes offer you. You know, instead of a tip, they'll, they'll buy you a beer. And I said, yeah. no, you know what? I really need the cash. Yeah. <laughs> I need, you know, for, I you need know, transportation. I'm sure it still is a, is a roundabout thing to... Well, Nevada's all... But what is what, okay? What is a BUI? What's the difference? I mean, is it as severe as a as an automobile? Or, no, because you're not. You're not suspend your stuff. license or anything like. No. Let's say you already have a driver's license. Right, but you're on a bicycle. So okay. they, it but doesn't how, honor that. I think it's supposed to be a safety thing, though. Well, here's what I heard. Here to get away from that is just if you if you go to DMV, just ride with the California ID and not a driver's license ah. here in California. They can only write you a ticket for being uninfluenced. Okay. They can't. They can't go into your DMV record. Yeah. Well, in lieu of this, I'd like to believe that you should drive sober. Maybe that's that's the new innovative punk rock in me, riding riding sober instead of finding some loophole so you can ride unsafe on the streets. I'd like to believe you should ride safe and and sort of restrict your drinking to uh, uh, not not uh, being a hindrance towards society on this thing. Anyway, um, it's funny because this this conversation opened up a, a few avenues. Uh, 
one, it, you're promoting right. safety through a venue it's, like uh, yeah, like bars and stuff, which is where the original sure punk rock scene sort of started in strip clubs, non-traditional kind of places where we'd hear music. You were hearing things like punk, uh, almost as as you heard uh, comics at uh, strip joints or burlesque. The idea of Lenny Bruce uh, being a comic at these places, uh, George Carlin playing a strip club before he ever played a comedy club or, or something like that. That kind of punk rock kind of fitting to that. And uh, we're we're gonna get back to this in a minute uh, as the we have the contrapuntal nature of of the audio here. Um, they they yeah. they wrench a lot down there in. in uh, at uh, in Long Beach, and uh, we we got to talk to uh, a couple of the people there as they were working, helping this this guy who obviously didn't have a lot of funds. They not only put out for him, but they, I think they went beyond the um, the the call of duty more than a a, a bike shop might do. Um, working hard for that money, I, I guess that was a punk rock kind of anthem too. She works hard for the money, kind of yeah. kind of thing. Anyway, uh, apologies to Pat Benatar, but. Uh, there's uh, those guys in Long Beach are really doing their 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 bit to uh, get you back on the street. More from Big Bike Dan in a minute. It is Bike Talk here on Kill Radio and uh, and KPFK.org. Right here we go. More from Long Beach here. You know, if was no, they pounding and walk against each other, it should, that's that's basically what the cap does on there. Just gonna, it's cosmetically different. Twin stem. Yeah, this is an old sports press. Yeah. I don't know who made that. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice lug. It's a private department store by. This is day. really innovative. Maybe we, we will steal that idea. Can we? Can we just <laughs> take it off the wall and? Uh, <laughs> and we'll, what we'll do is we'll instead we'll just tape over bike oven instead of hub. So just make one like this, and we'll just tape over all the places with our own stuff. So they'll know where we stole it from. We're gonna, we're gonna be able to, we're gonna take this part off. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it no. Seems, go ahead. What I, I love that everybody that I know has gotten involved in this down here, which is good. We got Robert Garcia. Yeah, the you just, you just put their names on it, and they'll, they'll pay for anything. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. I think we talk about the, the difference in Long Beach, dude, compared to LA. Yeah. Is like black and white. We got people that are supporting this. Where in LA, you got. You know, you got people that. But I, I think it's going in waves because we we hear a lot of talk. I, I mean, I talked to somebody and they were talking about like, oh, I won't go out with the Midnight Riders in Long Beach. I don't think they're even doing riding. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's one. There's one fucking. There's one uh, group ride and it's a first Sunday of every month and it's like at 10:30 in the morning. It ends. And it ends like at one o'clock. But it's nothing but these old vintage bikes. It's called a cyclone coaster. Yeah, yeah, I like. They're all pre-war. Two bikes I know, and it's all, it's all these guys. They already do like five miles, three miles an hour. The high tech community, they come out and they ride their bikes that they buy. And so, off you know, anybody's invited, but it's it's, used, it's just mostly all these old vintage bikes. And uh, I tried taking my sound system, and they're like, oh, that's the lovely music you're playing, but it's too loud. 
So I said, all right, I'm, I'm not going to bring this to, to this ride anymore. So Hancock University might want their land back, you think? Well, I, you know, I don't know. It, it, I guess they're all waiting to see what we do with the space now. I think if this becomes, you utilize the space becomes, from a garage into something like that? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they could turn this into whatever, you know, if they want to. It's not like they, they can't roll these things make out it, either. They could turn this and make it housing, you know. If yeah. they want. It's up to them, you know. But, like, like I say, you've, you've got a tremendous amount of space that so you move this. It's all rollable. You're, you're, you're shipping crates. And the rest no, it's not. You can see this in any space. It's totally illegal what we got there. But they, this is what they do. They're working with us. With this and they kind of like passed the paper through and just approved it. And, uh, Very nice. But we're not really zoned to have that. Yeah. It seems there's, a, the, there's more... Uh, more supportive infrastructure. All right. Go this week. One more time. One more time. Hand of the thing. Because I don't think it was rolling. Okay? So. Did you guys have Once more. Once more. Come on. Come on. You're making me flash, dude. All right. So Steve, Steve is... He looks like he put his foot on this. I did. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, it up. Steve, Steve made yeah. this for you, so let's hear you. Are you sure it's his footprint? He even got there's a thing underneath. Come on, Paul, you're making me... What it was is I, I usually know my cameras, but I loaned this to Veronica for a rock video, so it was all set up on some weird, like, strobe effects that she had or something. This is a... Oh, I don't want to unravel that no, no, thing. That's just a Veronica, she's a master sewer, dude. That woman is... Yeah, really I know. I know. She, I've seen her. She's got a degree in fashion stuff, and she... she what does she do? She doesn't she do anything. She sewed these together and yeah. made it a cushion out of it. Oh, my God. You know, like, yeah, that's, that's a... That's a I, I've tried using her machine, and it's really hard. Yeah. Oh my God! What does she have? Look at that's it. What kind of machine does she have, dude? What does she have? A whole singer? Is he sure yes, exactly. Whole singer. Did you print it on there, or could it be mine? This is a true tester. Put my big ass on there. Yeah. Oh, look at he's skating along with it. Okay, now I'm putting my whole weight, folks. This is my whole weight, and it's still holding up. So it's a perfect start for an infomercial on a Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's beautiful, man. It'll, it'll be used. Okay. Trust me, it'll be very used. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, where are you guys looking? In, uh, say, Goldmine, the Heritage Square Station? You know, uh, Figueroa. Figaro, what's what's just uh, a couple past Chinatown? Uh, Marmion Way. Marmion Way is, uh, but it, that station's called. Now he's Heritage Square. <laughs> well, that's if you drive. If you drive, it's yeah. Avenue Forty Three. Yeah. Avenue Forty Three. If you drive, get off that exit. Okay, what is it? What is it? Evan. Yeah. Working on the thing. He started this here. This now is uh, the one of the innovators there at the bike uh, hub that started it. Here we go. He was working on the bike, and we talked. Are you on a deadline for this, or no? Actually, I'm working on two bikes. Oh, oh, that's right. 
see, that's how you know you're doing it. Get on all that rust off of this thing. We're going to take this back to the oven. What do you think is essential for uh, uh, the good kind of, uh, uh, what I would say, the, the continued success of a bike collector? What's the most important thing? Um, I don't know, man. We're still, we're, we're the youngest of the bike collectives, as far as I know. Um, for us, the one thing that's totally different is that we're really involved with the city. Uh, we got a, we did a whole grant program with waste management, which got us majority of these bikes. Oh, that's great! So it's yeah. like these would probably be filling a landfill or something, but now they're exactly. It was a whole recycling program. So they worked with a non, a couple not. They got a like three different nonprofits. Uh -huh. Which got us majority of these bikes. Oh, that's great! So it's yeah. like these would probably been filling a landfill or something, but now they're coming exactly. Together. It was a whole recycling program. So they worked with a non, a couple not. They got a like three different nonprofits uh -huh. um, collected the bikes, and then they brought them all to us. And then the nonprofit got twenty bucks for each bike, ah. and then we got twenty bucks for each bike. Ah. So Profit got 20 bucks for each bike, ah. and then we got 20 bucks for each bike. Ah. So they got so they it's got like a win win for everybody. Yeah, so they got money to collect them and bring them here. We got money to fix them up and give okay. them back, get them out back okay. to the community. Yeah. And the brand is all about. So uh, that was okay. So that was uh, the people from the bike hub. But right now we have on the phone Roblox. Yes. So, yeah, I was hoping you'd tell us about your marathon crash race. <clears throat> um, okay. Tonight, we are doing the L.A. Marathon Crash Race. It's a uh, race taking advantage of the, the uh, street closures that happen right before the, the L.A. Marathon. They, they block off the whole course, and we are going to host a race along the course. It's the the start point, be, start point being at uh, Tang's Donut at Sunset and Fountain, where we're going to have a rolling start. Um, so come one, come all. The registration starts at 3 a.m. and the race will get going at about 4 a.m. Okay, so a lot of our listeners will hear it after it's happened. So mm -hmm. um, for those of them, but those of them who will not catch it, what what is it going to be like in, in your best guesstimate? Well, we did it, our first time doing it was last year um, when the LA Marathon decided not to have the bike tour um, that it traditionally hosts right before the marathon. Yeah. So last year, um, last year was amazing, about 400 people showed up, it was way more than I thought would show up for a race that starts at 4 a.m. Yeah. And we were stoked. I mean, people came from Portland, San Francisco, New York, uh, you know, all around Southern California to race it. And I think this year it's going to be even crazier. Hopefully the weather, um, hopefully the weather was good. <laughs> so it's, it's looking like a little bit of a chance of a rain, but we're going to host anyways, rain or shine. That's what I saw. And, and there's, it's for uh, the coveted dog tags, the... The LA's most coveted prize, perhaps the world's most coveted prize, the Wolfpack Dog Tax. Of those who know. Yeah. Of those who know. And if you know, then you are a very special person. And you covet it. 
And, yeah. and you have this really cool video uh, on about the guy who won, right? Oh, yeah, John. You saw that? Yeah. JTR, John Marodi. He's one cocky bastard, that guy. Yeah. Did he make yeah. the video? No, he didn't, no. We love John. We love John, like, more than more than even he knows. I mean, that video was made by um, a friend who just wanted to hype him up because he's such a cocky bastard. Mr. Joy, or is it Almond? Uh, <laughs> we... we uh, we want to bring up the fact that last night at the Punk Rock Ride, there was a tremendous round of anticipation for this ride, but um, you brought up the point, and they brought up the point, there's a lot more women that are out there gunning for this this year. Can you yes. address that? Yes. Last year, you know, Wolfpack, since the beginning, we've always, always, always emphasized having, uh, you know, equal prizes and and honors for the women's division no matter how many show up or not you know and you know unfortunately traditionally not as many women show up for these races so we try to encourage um participation as much as we can and it looks like this year um there's there's i've i know a few girls that are really gunning for it and uh you know because last year so few showed up that um you know, I think we had like three or four, uh, three or four girls really place up in, in the, you know, how do you describe it? I mean, I think there was like literally maybe 10 or 15 women that showed up. So we're trying to get more tonight um, to show up and really race for this thing. Now, now when you say race, the course is already plotted. How fast are you guys going on this thing? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I think the front group is probably averaging, I think they're doing it in less than an hour, so more than, you know, probably more than 20, 26 miles an hour. Wow. So. Um, is, it, is there a, a, a rascal division this year, just so we can include everybody? In <laughs> <laughs> you talking about youngsters? Yeah, well, yeah, that and, and maybe the... Uh, Maybe the handicapped that, that go everywhere on their little mechanical things, too. So, <laughs> I mean, definitely. They, they've been talking about doing a freak bike uh, division, oh, too. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, this thing's going to be, you know, if it's anything like last year, it's like keeping track of anything more than third or fourth place is, gets difficult. Yeah. It's just like a giant mob of people riding. Uh-huh. And so we only really guarantee like the first three places will be accurate, and then after that it's kind of you know up in the air. Is there is there a DFL with this? Because that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm gunning for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, last year last. Arnold Schwarzenegger got DFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, we were sitting there after the prize ceremony happened. We're just kicking in with some guys from Oakland, just chilling. And all of a sudden, Arnold Schwarzenegger rides by on his mountain bike. Uh, I, I like, think TMZ even got a picture of that too. <laughs> I had no idea he was DFL. That's that's another. That's a great <laughs> honor. Yeah, it was. It was, and he didn't. He wasn't even. Uh, he didn't have a security detail. I was uh, really surprised. Yeah. That was We're like movie. Arnold. He's all. Ah, ah. <laughs> so so today we've been talking because, as you know, it's also, or maybe you didn't know. There's the anti-war protest going on, and one of the things that we tried to link last night was the fact that there's punk rock 
and that social message sort of has become almost like lifestyles for people and stuff. But it, it starts out with just germs of ideas and stuff. You you started out a campaign of uh, these posters on the side of these electrical boxes, and, and yet now we, we talked to the gentleman just uh, before you about how it became the uh, Give Them Three campaign, and the city has kind of said, well, we always thought of this. But it, it goes beyond just safety. It goes more towards... Uh, public well-being and stuff. I, I'm, I'm wondering, when, when you first did this, it was just a, a cry for some sort of notice, wasn't it, or, or what? Maybe you could trace that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to take credit necessarily for everything that happened with the poster campaign because there was a lot of people involved and a lot of people felt that message. Right. But the the goal, you know, the goal of that message was, was definitely a cry for... for sympathy from from car drivers it was aimed at car drivers and the placement of those posters was done um in the public realm and it was you know it was uh exclusive to those those signal boxes for a reason and you know it 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 didn't set out to it, it's not vandalism it wasn't um it's kind of in a gray zone between public message and and uh you know, posting of, of bills on, on in the public space is is kind of a it's a it's a tradition in America. I mean, as as far as I know, Ben Franklin was doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's nothing to feel. Uh, you know, I I don't feel like it was uh, something that, that you know some people called it vandalism. I don't feel that it was that. I feel it was our patriotic duty to. Inform the public where our own city can't seem to handle it, you know, until until something serious happens. Like the mayor, you know, he got cut off by that taxi cab, and he rushed forward with the uh, "Give Me Three campaign, which which I also helped work on, which was awesome of him. But you know, it's sad that it takes uh, something like that to really wake people up in the city. So. Yeah, I, I think that's what I was I was talking to an, another person on the thing, uh, Denise, and she was telling me the same thing that maybe the punk rock movement transcends just just being like something you put on walls or something you put on on the side of of, of uh, things. You you start to live it, and I think that's what maybe that punk rock kind of ethos kind of distills itself into. Um, well, so um, uh, things in the future for you. Uh, things in the future, we're just working towards um, turning L.A. into a bike-friendly city. There you to, go. Uh, and, yeah. and it's funny because we just don't see you. You're one of the rare guys that continues to uh, be part of this with your website and with your uh, your, your involvement and stuff. And it's, it's always great just to bump into on, on rides and things. Uh, I, I think of you as being in that sort of old guard but punk rock kind of kind of thing we, we this, joke, jokingly say that they've all turned 50 now so they're they're raising their kids instead <laughs> <laughs> uh, i haven't quite reached that yet but it's getting there um i mean you know what i i've always been part of like you know when i was a teenager i was doing the straight edge hardcore thing and at the time it was like you don't totally understand it because you don't have that point of view right. of you know the experience but you're just there and you 
you have a lot of angst and you you know you want change and you don't see the process for what it is and you you know you do a lot you know you just are active and then you know as you get older you start to realize okay all right I see how this process is working here and hopefully you can still work towards changing things even in the face of this glacial process that we have here in pretty much any big city but especially in Los Angeles where it's just it's not only just changing the political um, the, the, the political landscape it's it's the fact that the landscape itself is really difficult to deal with I mean we have absolutely these, it's really hard to navigate that that landscape if not just the physical but but also the political landscape yeah. but you've, you've translated it from being somebody that, that was just angry into things that are expressed in art and now uh, I, I know that you've done some political things where you you've not just the dissenting voice but you're also now the dissenting voice in community uh, things do you think that's where if kids have a problem or if the youth have a problem they should not just complain about it and sort of tag walls but actually get involved with with local government and community uh, what is it uh, city councils and neighborhood councils and things of that sort yeah, the uh, the neighborhood council system is relatively new in Los Angeles, and it's it's really where it's at in terms of uh, transportation issues and changing the landscape with transportation in mind. Because you can go to these neighborhood councils, and it's so local that you know you can you you know anyone can make an argument for a safer street running through their neighborhood. Right. You know, it, you know wherever you live. You should be at your neighborhood council if you care about bikes and pedestrians and changing our transportation system. You should be at the neighborhood council agitating for safe streets. You know, it's like there's there's a lot of people in L.A. from the old guard that, that don't see any alternative to cars as their transportation, but we have a lot of, of young people out there who are riding bikes and who are excited about it. And, you know, bike riding is the new punk rock. And if, you know, if you really want to make a change, and it's so hard to convince young people of, of this, but you have to get involved in the local governments, and you have to start agitating for, you know, safe streets. It's, it's not about bikes. It's about having a, a, a safe street to walk down and, you know, live on and so forth. And that's, that's the winning argument right there. That's the argument that no one can come back against, you know, who's going to argue against safe streets? All right, Mr. Mr. Block, uh, I, I think that's going to be your, your coda today. Once again, tell us about your, your ride tonight. Um, come out, 3 a.m., rain or shine, Tang's Donuts, come out and race a closed course. Thanks, bro. LA Marathon. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you, we'll see you around. Okay. Bye. Well, speaking of young people, that's your cue. That's your cue. Oh, okay. So I'm on now. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny. Uh, I wasn't really um, intending on coming this week. I was actually going to say if I could come in next week because I woke up early this morning because oh. Melanza and Raymo was today. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah. So oh, well. Well, first of all, let's let's just introduce. This is uh, our student. Uh, is he an intern yet? Did he get the intern patch yet? Oh, I don't. Uh, or uh, the merit badge or whatever they give? We give now. 
He's he's getting well. He's gone beyond that. I think he's graduated to super deluxe intern here. And this, of course, is uh, Eric from Santi, right? Or is yeah. it is it not Santi? Well, it's not Santi anymore. He's he's graduated, so he's he's in the malaise of of uh, adulthood. Uh, well, college now. So so he's paying for everything here. Anyway, um, tell us about uh, San Remo. Yeah, those Italians. Yeah, the Italian race that starts off in Milan and ends in San Remo. It's the longest one-day race on the professional peloton at 298 kilometers. You know, there was a, I was actually really stoked for this race, which is the reason. I mean, I don't usually get up early for races, but and I wasn't going to last night. But before I went to sleep, I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch this race early. So I did. And, um, you know, there was so much hype over Heinrich Kostler who came in second in 2009 for to go to the win you know everybody you know making their predictions you know who's going to win San Remo in 2011 you know and the majority of people were going you know it's going to be Hostler you know he's trained he showed great form in the Tour of Qatar showed great form in Perry Nice winning the points classification in both races um but it didn't go according to plan to him you know he's, he even said he trained at altitude to get ready for you know the little steep climbs with the Cipresa and the Poggio. But, you know, it was an interesting race, too. You know, BMC really put a great ride. You know, their young man, Greg, Greg Van Emeret, really seemed like he was going to go for the win. He broke off, I believe, with 10 kilometers to go. And it really seemed like he was going to get away. I think he got caught with, like, 6Ks to go. Um, the, the field got split. And there were, I believe, three chase groups. Uh, I think 15 seconds was the first chase group where it was at. And I think it was over a minute for the other one. You know, eventually, Matty Goss from HTC High Road ended up out sprinting Fabian Cancellara, which was weird because Matty Goss didn't finish Milan San Remo last year. But coming over to HTC High Road this year, he was in Saxo Bank last year. He's become one hell of a rider. He's He has the highest wins of any rider so far this season. I believe with today, Milan San Remo makes it 10. Melanta and Remo has got to be the most prestigious so far. He's still a young guy, so, you know, he could still rack up some more wins. The World Championships this year um, appear to, you know, be suited to a sprint finish, so he could go for that. An interesting thing, too, was seeing Andre Greipel actually, you know, really hammering it at the front. He was co-captaining the Omega Pharma Lotto team with Philippe Gilbert. Uh, for, unfortunately, Andre Greipel didn't make it to, to the sprint, but it was really great to see him right there because last year when he was on HTC, what, what is known now as HTC High Road, they didn't take him regardless that their main um, captain, Mark Cavendish, was in bad form. You know, many, many said he doesn't have the legs to, you know, get over the climbs. But, you know, he was up there and, believe it or not, yeah, he bested Cavendish today. Really? I was, I was going to ask how he did uh, in... Uh there was so much politics around San Remo because apparently last year they wanted to get uh, Radio Shack team involved, and then they said no, you can't do it because you're not doing the Giro. Well, so it's Radio, the same people that put that on there. Did Radio Shack? Show Radio up this Shack year? is a new team. So, yeah, I, yeah, I know it's a new team, but it, it seems like there's so many politics. Involved yeah, I mean, with this. The, the, they didn't get an, the San Remo I they didn't the get an invite to the Giro, and they said, I guess they they made it seem to you know the UCI that. They were like, well, we don't care if we get invited to the Giro or not. We still got other races to do. I think they made, they focused more on the Tour of California, which has moved to the same dates around um, the Giro. Yeah. 
but they were there this year. Yeah, there's there's there tends to be a, a lot of politics and a lot of a lot of let's just say the the doping question in in, in these things. But I, I like to believe it's still about racing. Yeah, I mean the the biggest conflict right now is between um, the riders and the governing body of cycling and the topic of whether race radio should be allowed in races or not because um, that's something the UCI wants to eliminate, you know. Oh, they want to go back to how it was like 20 years ago yeah, without a radio. they don't want to use race radios. And, um, of course, you know, um, with the riders, there's some that are for radios and some that are for not. Many people say it helps, you what, know. What's the deal with radios? Well, it's like you have a, a, a little kind of... Uh, Earpiece. Yeah, you have a you wireless have system so you can hear your car and you hear the crew and they can tell you things like, hey, you better... Uh, yeah, you better step on the gas, right? Because this guy is at the halfway point. And you yeah. can catch him now. You you should uh, turn on the gas now, or you should uh, go to the tank here, or remember this road or this section and stuff. And it's kind of weird because you can actually tune in if you're on a race and hear all these things going on. And it's it's another side to racing, but they they did some tests I think last year at the Tour de France where they had a day where you couldn't use radios and people yeah. were so dependent on it that they lost things and I, I like to think it's a kind of a weird kind of synthesis of how technology and, and racing have, have sort of evolved into like now they can't do it without a radio and I yeah. think that's what they were trying to do last year it wasn't like it's also like um, uh, kind of a throwback to where the Giro last year they said hey let's do another part of the race on unpaved roads and that was like hellish for people and who won that day but uh, I think Cav- was it Cadell Evans who Cadell had been yeah, they doing had a, a lot of mountain bike racing yeah, for years, and he said, "Oh, this is just like every day for me," mm-hmm. which is, is is kind of thing. So it's like one advantage for somebody else is another person's like yeah. It was the demise. same thing at the Tour de France. They decided to add in stage three last year's Tour de France. They decided to add um cobble sections, but which, which I think was and let let's just be honest, a direct kind of infliction of pain towards Lance who they thought was going to win it last year but he wasn't in any shape to do any of that yeah he, he had gotten he had hurt at, 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 uh, at California and stuff and yeah. um, it's it's kind of strange because we, we think where's cycling going to go and it's like it, it evolves every year it's not just one person it's it's the whole uh, thing I'm, I'm wondering is it still being covered on the 4.4 on the, on the Universal this morning or? Universal Sports or yeah, I believe, it, I believe, is that where you watched it uh, I actually watched it online Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, Universal Sports is going to pass it, but the thing... Um, but I'm sure they'll have I, it in the future. Yeah, when I watched it, it was, it was, it was a live feed. Oh, okay. Uh, when, later so on it must have been like Italian, ra- the yeah, t- Italian the, TV. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I just mainly had to like, you know, point out what they, were, what they were trying to say. There were no subtitles or nothing, but, you know, it's better than not watching it or <laughs> reading text that you get. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's amazing, too, because um, the technology is, is just it, uh, leaps and bounds. So... Uh, I know I've been watching a lot of feeds with uh, the uh, NHK feed about the the this what is it the the earthquake the tsunami the the meltdown all uh, being translated yeah. almost real time with with somebody there actually doing it and I think it's also a transparency issue for that um, and while racing isn't on the same level as some of these other events uh, that that technology and that interaction is being made available i know that a lot of times i'll watch these races with with the caption which just leaves a further understanding and, and what have you yeah i guess it sometimes helps to um to know spanish because italian you could tell they yeah speak. there's yeah the romantic yeah, so language i was i was able to make out some some of the stuff that was being said but not completely so so kids 
remember, stay in school after class and learn those uh, languages. They can only help. Yep. I, I'm curious, uh, being in college, are you writing to school? No. You're not writing to school. No. Is it a distance thing or is it like you don't want to get there sweaty or what? I think it's both. Uh huh. With my with the backpack on my back, I I usually tend to sweat the most from my back. So are you are you t- are you doing like uh, um, and th- this is just a comment I'm noticing. It's it's not a race for you, but it's like, uh, are you are you doing an MTA or or how are you getting cross town? Is it? Yeah, I, a, I think you get a a break because you're with Santa Monica College. Don't you just have to show your ID and you can get on the blue bus free? Yeah, the thing is, I haven't gotten around to getting the ID. Ah, okay. Well, maybe we can collect something here. Yeah, but um, I, I've checked on that, and they said, yeah, to ride the big blue bus, you just show your ID, and it's a free ride. And the other question is, does it go anywhere where you're traveling? Probably not. The blue bus? <laughs> no, nah, it still leaves me pretty far from where I live. I have to get off from, um, I don't know exactly where the last stop from that blue bus is, but from there I have to catch another bus to get home yeah so it sounds like the bike might be the only solution to this probably you know, bike, but, the bu- but the bus bike, i take intermodal from- bike bus and, and a combination of just hoofing it too yeah so anyway that's that's your little rant on on the, on the race who eventually won the san remo today you, matt you, goss matt goss yeah ah young guy really really looking forward to seeing a lot from him you know when he won today as you know during the final few hundred meters is when the race really gets exciting. You know, my heart begins to race. Like, who is it going to be? You know, who's going to yeah. win? At first, it, it seemed like Alessandro Pataki was going to win, but then you just see, you know, the colors of HTC coming around the corner and out sprinting. And I'm like, is there anything these guys can't do? Because they're mostly experts at sprints, but you know, they they seem to be into a little bit of everything. But you know, they, and they're really great at bringing up young talent. Matt Goss, I believe, is only like 24. Yeah, and Milan two, San Remo is not an easy race. I was going to say after 200 kilometers, just to have a almost sprint. 300. Yeah, yeah, to have a sprint. I mean, most after that. most you could be a great bunch sprinter, but you're not going to have the same kick after you know almost 300 kilometers. Yeah, that, that you would normally have after like a 150 kilometer race. But you know, I, again, Madagascar didn't finish the race last year. A year later, he won it. Yeah. So guys. You, yeah. Why did you, Eric, yeah. you wanted to come next week, but not this week? Seems like you had so much to say. Oh, well, I woke up at like 5.30 to, you know, look, oh. look for the feed. Uh, it so started, I found it, and, and it got like at 6. And it ended at 9. You called it like 10-something. <laughs> so, so basically, you're doing the reverse of what I did. It's like I, I got home at 5. I slept for, I transferred for a while and then woke up at, at nine or so and rushed over here to do wow, this. Wow, you so. guys are sacrificing. Well, for the no, show. but we want to, we want to have this quality. And in fact, I'm, I'm leaving here shortly to get up to, uh, the, uh, the anti war protest because Kill Radio is going to be covering that as, as we look on. Yeah, and I think it's best that, that I came right now that it's still fresh in my head. So, yeah, that's, had that's I come good. next week, it wouldn't. All right, Eric. We, we look forward to more. Yeah, thanks uh, for coming again. In-depth racing news yeah. from our intern, and, and of course, we're looking to get you that patch and T-shirt here. Super intern. Hey, Just next kidding. time maybe we could have some sound of like racing. No, no, we'll leave that for bike talk. Behind. What? I mean, we'll leave that for bike sport, right? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Just sound effect. Okay. So right. we got a theme song we could play. We we could actually play more of the punk rock ride. I think we have some oh. music behind here. Okay. It is Kill Radio. And uh, KPFK.org.
fucking doors are kicking now. The riots, the riots are getting about 10 people, or, you know, almost 10 people. Like last time it was 8 people. Um, yeah, that's almost 10. But, uh, <laughs> Shut up! That's a sissy looking kickstand there, man. Where'd you get the girls' kickstand? Uh, no, that's a, that's a high caliber kind of Chinese kickstand. That's uh, Al, who we heard earlier is uh, involved with the uh, the um, uh, the Ghost Spike program, and uh, we look forward to doing it. We go with Al a lot of times on these rides. Uh, he does a solar um, tour every once in a while, but now it's gotten so passe that it's it still exists in Long Beach. He's uh, ahead. I know he, it, we didn't play it, but he was uh, calling in to tell about some uh, tree programs down in Long Beach that he and uh, Big Bike Dan are involved in at uh, through the Bike Hub there. And uh, they're activists in their own right. I remember when they used to come on uh, The Spoken Art. And I urge you, if you're not doing anything today, come on up to the anti-war protest. I'll be there. Look for me. I'll have some stickers from Kill Radio, and we'll try to sort of make it as painless as we want as you protest against the war. Let's get back to the end of this and some more punk rock tunes on the punk rock ride. It is Kill Radio, KPFK, and Bike Talk. Okay. 